My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful. We have the right to peacefully assemble. The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step in the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Oltman. Uh, sorry, we're a couple minutes late. It was not Jeff's fault. It was my fault. And uh, so without any more, I want to go ahead and bring Jeff Lindbergh on. He is a vulnerability expert. You guys have heard from him before. And frankly, I want to get into more of the things that we were talking about before. And we have a little bit more time here. So I just want to dive right in. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hello. Well, uh, thanks for having me today. I sure appreciate it. Um, I have a special request. Can I say a quick prayer for us today? Did I do that? Oh, are you kidding me? Oh, you are <laughs> okay. fire. You are hey, fire, let, 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 Jeff. Here we go. Go ahead. Let me do it. It's Psalm 1914, if everybody wants to look it up. Uh, Lord God, I just pray that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Lord, yeah. you are the God of truth. And we ask that today we would speak the truth, and you've told us that truth will set us free. And so, Lord, we commit this time to you and ask that you would speak through Joe and I. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. That was awesome. Maybe we should start every podcast and end every podcast with a prayer. I kind of like that idea. Why not? I, I think we got to bring God back into the public square. I mean, the God of the universe, the God of this world is there completely is taking it over but we've pushed the god of the universe uh out of the public square the only complaint i had in the otero county briefing i gave was afterwards the comments from several people was separation of church and state i mentioned too much about god and i went no that's not what separation in church and state was all about they they don't they, they don't understand so so, so that uh, if i could clarify one thing the separation of church and state was to keep the government out of church not to keep church out of the government Exactly, exactly. And our founding fathers would have turned over in their graves if, if they heard them using it this way to say that the God of the universe has no say in the, in the public square. That's just nonsense. We can't operate without God in the public square. So anyway, that's my opinion. No, that's not an opinion. That's an that's a absolute fact. We'll, we'll, we'll say that is truth, not someone's truth, but absolute truth. I think that's what the Bible teaches. Yeah. So, so, so let's dive into this. I, got, I have so many questions for you today. I know that we, we had some questions before, but I want to talk about this uh, Michigan recount of Supreme Court justice, justice race. Yeah, if we can touch back on that, I appreciate it right up front, because uh, our last meeting, we highlighted that, and we're out of time. 22 months is up. 
I mean, in, in like three days or something. Uh, the end of this month, essentially 22 months is up, and then they can go destroy all of the evidence. So uh, we got a real problem. And as I mentioned before uh, in the last uh, presentation, last podcast, that what I discovered in Antrim was that uh, the Supreme Court justice race in Michigan looked like it had an issue because three of the seven candidates were programmed very differently than the other candidates uh, and any other candidate on the entire ballot. Uh, so that was a real issue. And then I looked, as a result of that, I looked at the data. And um, if you can bring up that one chart that, that I sent you over that shows the Antrim uh, percentages, um, that would be great while I'm talking about it here. So uh, what the data A4. showed, and in, in, yeah, and not just in Antrim, but it showed it uh, actually in other counties as well that I looked at. But it gives you an example in Antrim where the data didn't make sense. So seven cases, um, you, you take up um, two. Yeah, that's the one you're going to have to zoom in. There we go. Uh, very good. If, if you take the two top Republicans running in the, uh, the race for, for justice of the Supreme Court, they got 37% of the vote. Uh, that's about four lines down. I'm, uh, and then if you look at the top two Democrats, they got 47% of the vote. The other three candidates, a mixture of, of independent folks and so on, got 16% of the vote. Here's the problem. If you go look at the presidential race in that same county, vote and Biden got 37% of the vote. So it's a heavily Republican county. And yet the spread, the, the, if, you, if you add the difference in, in, in the justice race, the Democrats were up 10%, whereas they were down 24% in the president race. That's a spread of 34%. This does not make sense. And I know they say the justice race is nonpartisan, but people know who's who. They know if they're Republican, they know if they're Democrat. Mary Kelly had been already been elected a Supreme Court justice in the past. Uh, Elizabeth Welch, who won, uh, it was a newcomer on the scene. And it just looked to me in the data that Mary Kelly's votes, some of them were taken away, actually a very significant number, and parsed out to a Republican candidate, which is Brian Schwartzy, and also uh, half of them given to Elizabeth Welch, which enabled her to win. It lowered Mary Kelly enough so where she did not win, but uh, Elizabeth Welch, Welch came up to where she did win. So I'm just saying it's possible. I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm saying, look, we all said if there's an issue, just go count the paper ballots. That's why we have them. Democrats, Republicans, everybody said that. If there's a real issue, go count the paper ballots. So why didn't so they? Even... A lot of people don't know this. In Antrim, they did a recount. They actually did a main recount after they fixed the vote two or three times to get to the accurate. They went and did a main recount. But the Secretary of State refused to allow them to count anything but the presidential race. They Why? were not allowed. Good question. Good question. They didn't count the justice race. They only counted, and that she insisted on, that they would not be allowed to count any other, any other race. They did exactly the same thing in New Mexico. Uh, there was Luna County. There was some races that were contested. They did new programming to only count the single race. That's silliness. It didn't cost anything extra to run the same programming, recount every race, and just double check everything. It would have been 15 minutes extra work to just, you know, it actually no extra work on the programming. They actually had to do a lot more extra work to put new programming in, okay? 
So that okay, made no so, sense at all. So, you know, I have a special guest that I wanted to bring on to join us. He's going to co-host with me today. It's Brian Lupo from uh, CanCon. Uh, he writes for Gateway Pundit, and he's, uh, he's, a, he's, he's very keen on this. He actually sent me a text message that says, Joe, I want in on this one. I was like, come on. So, hey, <laughs> welcome, Brian, to the show. What's up, Brian? Thanks, Joe. Thanks for bringing me in. Mr. Lenberg, it's, uh, it's an honor to meet you. Thank you for all your hard work, uh, not just up in Antrim, but also out there in, in New Mexico. You're, you're welcome. Uh, just following where God sends me, man. But I uh, appreciate the work. I've, I've seen a few of your, your videos as well. I've, I've, I've seen you before. I haven't met you, so it's good to meet you now. But uh, He's taller I, I than have... Apollo. Just so we're clear. <laughs> hey, you don't got to so, live with that, all right? <laughs> Likewise, so I, was, uh, I was actually the very first person to interview Matt DiPerno when they got the, the forensic audit up there in Antrim County. I was the first person, and, and Matt told me for a while I was the only person that reached out to him for an interview. So, um, But I was, I, was, I was actually, Mr. Lemberg, I was listening to you talk about um, Antrim County and I have been making a case for a long time. I wrote an article up on the Gateway Pundit. Uh, it's up on my Substack. I've been making a case for such a long time that um, given J. Alex Halderman's theory in Antrim County about the ballot design, um, we, we either have one or two of two problems. Either Antrim County is right and DeKalb County is dead wrong or DeKalb County is right and Antrim County is wrong. Because in DeKalb County, they had the same exact thing, a, a, you know, a, an election designed by the election events designer that they removed a candidate last minute. And because of that, they had wildly uh, flipped votes in DeKalb for one race. They only checked one race, though. And hmm. just like I, I, I listened to your, your presentation at the Otero event, uh, you know, like the really long one. And you had mentioned that there's actually a fail safe in the uh, election, in the ballot configuration, that if you remove a candidate, it won't go down ballot. But in Antrim, they didn't have that. And you, I think, I, I believe you, you said that this was because you could tell this because there was an excess number of votes that weren't originally counted in that race. Am I, That's am correct. I yeah. Yeah. That you're hitting on actually one of the probably the biggest smoking gun that exists anywhere in all of this okay, okay. and that is no no you got it you got it you got it right there you're on no it. and tell tell zach to make sure he cuts this because this is a single piece of evidence zach cut it go ahead keep, go ahead jeff keep going so i had to okay. cue it okay so this smoking gun has to do with the fact that what we identified up there was this shift so hollerman came in and said i can explain it they did this uh, last minute change. The first thing that's wrong with that theory is that their software, they advertise that you can make last minute changes even after voting has started and it will not affect any other uh, jurisdictions. So they advertise that feature, but they didn't use it. Why? That's a real good question. They didn't use it. Instead, they re-indexed the entire race, uh, all the races, all, the entire ballot in Antrim, which shifted all of the indices by one, okay? So then if, if that's the case, great. What happens if you shift them all by one is uh, the third party candidate gave their votes to Trump, Trump gave his votes to Biden, and Biden gave his votes to the straight party ticket, which was right above. Um, and we actually have a screenshot from Barry County, Michigan, showing Rocky De La Fuente 
who was the third party candidate getting like 8,000 votes in the middle of the night or, or 10 o'clock at night, he's actually beating Trump and Biden. Okay, and then magically it goes away. But the way he got those votes was the shift. It shifted past the boundary, they shifted to Rocky, they stopped the counting, and then they had to go fix it in Berry County. We have a screenshot, okay, of, of that occurring in Berry County. It's in one of the expert reports. That's the Berry County report if you go find that one. But the question is, in Antrim, it didn't do that. So if it didn't do that, what did it do? It should have shifted them to Rocky. And by the way, it shifts absolutely every race. Every candidate, every race, yes. every choice on the ballot is wrong. Everyone is wrong. Not just yeah. one race, all of them are wrong. So when, it, when you re-index the whole thing, everything shifts. So that occurred, they were all shifted. And so what happened in Antrim? Well, Halderman said, oh, it, it, it shifted, and so we can explain it, and, and the votes went away. The problem I have with that is, okay, did it check or not check for the boundary? That's what exactly. you're getting at in the call. Did it check or did it not check? There's the Barry County one, yeah, and that actually showed De La Fuente ahead. And in the end, he got like 35 votes in Barry County. But they showed him at night having 8,800 and some votes. Well, that's the Antrim shuffle. That's what occurred, all right? Now, in, in, in Antrim, it didn't show that. What happened instead is there was some checks being done, and we actually traced some of the code just in this one specific area, and we see that in the electronic file, the cast vote record that comes over to the EMS, we traced it, and we can see that it's got votes in there. Okay, not it, everything in there is an actual choice, an actual vote. You have to process those votes. They're in the database. So it's going through, it's processing the vote. It first says, you know, is this a, a, a vote that is in my, within this realm, you know, and, and it does a, a high level check first. It says, yes, I find this vote. Then it says, okay, is this vote, is this candidate in this race? It actually checks for that. Is this candidate in this race? And if the answer is yes, it processes it. If the answer is no, there should be an error handling routine that blows up because by definition, automatically, because yeah. by definition, you couldn't have had that vote, that candidate in that race. It's an actual vote from the tabulator saying this candidate was voted for in this race by the tabulator. So it must be in that race. And if it's not, you've got data corruption and you stop right there. You kick that whole thing out. That, you cannot process that thing at all. That's a fatal error, stop. But that's not what it did. It just ignored it and threw the votes away. Just threw them away. So on election night in Antrim, there were about 3,000 votes that were thrown away for Trump. Just thrown away. They were gone. And the same okay? thing, and the same thing and, happened in DeKalb. It was and, and actually, they weren't. Yeah, I, what I should say is they actually weren't Trump votes. They were the Biden votes that got shifted off. So they were Biden votes that got thrown away. Biden got Trump's vote count, and Trump got um, Jorgensen's vote count. That's what that's what it actually uh, showed. Okay. Now I sh I showed the absurdity of this in one of my other expert uh, reports, where I I took banks. 
And what I did is I went into the EMS, and, and Joe, we've talked about this one before, but I went into the election management system. It's all database-based, right? So no password. I go in, I take, and I take all the index for all of the candidates, one SQL command, okay? About this long, SQL command. Actually, that's not quite true. I had to run three, I had to run three SQL commands because I, I ran two for, I had swapped Trump and Biden votes, okay? So I ran one for each one, but in the entire database, I could go in and swap their candidate numbers. Then I processed, uh, processed it, and that's when I was swapping the votes, and I showed that on that video in May of 2021. Then what I did in the banks one is I took the index and I shifted it completely off the ballot. So I took the very first uh, numbering uh, indexing, which was uh, called banks. That was their first uh, township. Okay, so that's where the indexing started. And I took it was like one to 576 or something, and I shifted the index by that amount. Now what that did was, it literally threw away every vote for every candidate for every race on the entire ballot. I processed 200 and some ballots, and there wasn't a single vote. It came back all blank. They all had votes on them. They all came back blank. It was over 4,000 votes that were thrown away, and the system did not complain at all. It took it, it processed the card, it threw them all away, hundreds of ballots, thousands of votes, and it didn't register a single vote for any race, and it said, everything's fine, here's your result. These are all blank ballots. This episode of Conservative Daily is brought to you by DCF Guns. They're not just a supporter and a partner of the show. They're an organization that is on the front line of promoting safe and responsible gun ownership. Along with being a staunch defender of the Second Amendment, they have a lot of different things inside of their three ranges and stores. So they have a gunsmith at every location. They have the ability to do massive amounts of training, uh, anything from beginners all the way up to uh, competitive shooting. Um, they're also the best gun store in Colorado. Uh, between a mar massive arsenal of top-tier firearms, competitive pricing on ammunition, they're a go-to resource for newcomers and expert shooters alike. Memberships there start for as little as $25 a month and offer an arsenal of benefits beyond that, such as store-wide discounts and special access to training. Even better, what you're seeing right now is DCF Guns also has an e-commerce option, meaning you can take advantage of the awesome prices without leaving your home. Just visit dcfguns.co and start browsing. I do want to tell you that as a listener of conservative-daily.com, you get an additional 5% off everything in the store. You have to use discount code Joe. That's J-O-E. That's discount code Joe. Go to dcfguns.co and use discount code Joe. J-O-E. That's me. Or it's coffee, cup of Joe. Um, but you can go there and save an additional 5% off every single thing on the site. Um, as always, we'll keep the range hot and the deals hotter only at DCF Guns in Castle Rock and Colorado Springs and now online available to everyone across the entire country. Okay, so Jeff, Jeff, I need to say this, and, and we keep talking about it, and, and we've been talking about election fraud for 18 freaking months, yep. right? It's just been yep. nonstop talking about the fraud, and the fraud is massive. But I have to ask you this question because I know from a system architecture what the answer is from my perspective, and I'm a Captain Obvious, but I need a secondary Captain Obvious who's an expert in this. Would you ever design a system that could go through a QA system that would come out the other end that would do what this system does? Absolutely not. 
Absolutely not. And a company that did that, number one, the company that did that, you would fire immediately. You would not allow them anywhere near your election system. Number two is the certification companies that certified this should all be fired. Anybody that looked at this should be fired because this is, you know, testing 101 kind of thing to make sure that you can't do this, this sort of thing. It threw away thousands of votes. Now, I've explained the mechanism. Here's the problem. You go to the big, messy counties like Wayne County or Oakland County, where there's lots and lots of votes, 2,000 mule stuff going on. You know what? If you program this kind of shift into some of the precincts there, you don't have to do all of them. Program it into some of them. Some of them. No one's going to notice. You know, you go to Philadelphia, and and there are there are literally precincts in there that will have 300, 400, 500 votes for a Democrat and three for the Republican. And people go, oh yeah, 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 that's how we vote in this precinct. And I'm going, it sure looks to me a lot like the interim shift, okay? It looks to me a lot like the interim shift. So that's how you would use it, is this feature, <laughs> this subverted feature, I love it as a bad guy, this is the kind of thing I would wanna do, is use it in those really messy counties where no one's paying attention and no one's gonna have a problem that Republican gets five votes and the Democrat gets 500. No one's going to question it. So, so this would this would go. So, uh, Mr. Lemberg, you're more because uh, I've always said there's one of two things, and like I said earlier, either Antrim is wrong and, and Halderman's wrong, or Antrim is right and DeKalb County is completely wrong, and they need to do a down ballot recount there because we haven't had a down ballot recount in either Antrim or uh, or DeKalb. You know, all they Correct. counted was the presidential. But they said votes flipped in the other races. Why wouldn't they have counted those? I mean, it's the most idiotic thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. Exactly. We, we do know that they flipped in all the other races and they have not been counted. And if I was one of the candidates, I would have insisted. I would have gone in and, and had a lawsuit insisting you count my votes. We know they were moved. They were shifted. I want to know what the real answer is. Um, so it, it should have been a requirement that the entire ballot got recounted not just one race. That was very uh, bad. Uh, that, that's a huge red flag that they were told and insisted they could only recount that one race. But it would show anomalies. Yeah. That's right. Well, it would show well, anomalies. That's why they do it. That's why, I, as so a bad my, guy, that's why I would do that. <laughs> so my, my question to you, Mr. Lemberg, is I, I was kind of you know laying everything out there. So like I said, there's there's one or two opinions. Either Haldeman's wrong or the machines were deliberate in, in Antrim County and, and perhaps other places as well. In your opinion, and you have a better opinion than anybody here because you've actually seen, you know, you've you've actually seen uh uh you know the the uh, the forensic images of this, you believe that it's a a a flaw with the machine and not a programming issue with a card. No, it has nothing to do with the card. It's it's this software that throws away it does the check we know in the code that it actually has an if statement there it checks to see that this candidate choice that was made is in this race in antrim and then it does nothing when it finds out it's not in the race and the check right before it has full error handling if the check before it in the code fails it goes into error handling mode, throws out major errors, and so on. We see that in the code. But this check, it's gone. The error handling is not there. Now, I cannot tell you if it, someone designed it that way, 
or if a, a third party managed to get in and manipulate the software and, and bypass the check. I cannot tell you which it is. All I can tell you is it's not there. It absolutely must be there. Uh, another piece of this that's in the report is when I did this on the tabulator, the tabulator actually blew up and did the correct thing. So I went in and shifted him out of the race on the tabulator and the tabulator blew up and said, I'm not gonna print a tape out on this. You have a fatal error. We cannot finish this because this, this is a fatal error when I shifted it outside the race, okay? But on EMS, it said, fine, everything's good. I love it, zero votes. Just throw all the votes away. It's fun, huh? Huh, Brian? So fun. I, I, I could ask questions all day. I don't Keep asking. Completely hijack, yeah. I don't want to completely hijack the show. Um, man, so, uh, so, so have you have you looked at the DeKalb uh, instance at all? No, I I have not. I've done some work in Georgia. Um, I focused on some smaller counties because of the two thousand mules and the mess in the big counties. I could. I looked at the data there, and it's a mess. I, you know, I statistically, I'm like everybody else. I can do the math and go, this doesn't add up. This doesn't make sense. These numbers are wrong, but it's such a mess because of the 2,000 mules and what I call level one, you know, stuff in the ballot box, and then level two where we saw it, you know, where they were um, uh, scanning ballots with no observers around and maybe rescanning ballots a bunch of times. Who knows? The level two stuff so i was focused more on level three which is easier to look for in a clean county so i want to tell the people in michigan when i ask these townships to do this i'm not talking about detroit i'm not talking about oakland county or wayne county i'm talking about the antrums out there the small counties you guys run clean elections i know that i'm not questioning your elections or your processes i'm saying go count that race the supreme court race because it can look totally clean to you and yet be totally wrong if it's level three cheating going on. And that's where you'll catch it is in those small townships. And the data that I have from across Michigan when I did the analysis looks to me like they probably did it in every county, every county across, uh, not just one machine type, but multiple machine types, Dominion and, and ESNS. And are you coming to this conclusion because of the CVR files? It's because of no. no what, I'm cor to, what correlate? What what what? Um, when I when what I data look at do you the, have that shows that? I have the same data as everybody else. Back to the statistics. When you look at the statistics across the state, and you start comparing the Supreme Court race and how these candidates did in that race versus how the other Republican candidates did in their races in that jurisdiction, you go, wait a second. This doesn't make sense. Like I showed you on that one chart, a 35% shift or 34% shift doesn't make sense. That, you know, why would these Republicans vote so heavily for Democratic uh, justices? They're Republicans. It, you know, they voted heavily sense. Republican. It makes well, no sense that they would elect a Democrat. So, but they so did, I, if you go look at their numbers across the state and add up all those little counties, they so elected a Democrat. So I want to slow this down a minute. Aren't uh, the Supreme Court justices, aren't those nonpartisan? They're nonpartisan on the ballot. They don't put on the ballot which party they are, but everybody knows uh, which party they are. Okay, so you go look it up. Everybody knows when they're running. They do fundraisers. They do everything. And so you know who's a Republican, who's a Democrat, who's an independent. 
um, it's it's pretty well known who's who up there. Okay, so are there any other anomalies? Could there be that the and, and again, I'm trying to I want to debunk the debunkers. Mm -hmm. They can't come in and say, "Oh, this isn't true," because that's what we deal with every day. We have so much. Yeah. We have mountains yeah. of evidence, right? I mean, yeah. Jeff, yeah. you mounted an image. You mounted it. You ran ballots through it. It did mm -hmm. everything we said was done in the ASOG report that it was designed to defraud the voter. And they said, oh, nothing. You just don't understand elections. So, yeah, exactly. So in this case, I just want to know, were the Democrats at the top of the ticket? Were they the first two places? Well, were, you know, what? Actually, the way they did it, at least in Antrim, I can't swear for all the other counties, but in Antrim, they had a rotating scheme. So depending on which township you were in, it actually rotated who was on the top of the ballot. So um, I don't know if that was true all across Michigan, but it was true in Antrim. So they, they rotated around depending on the township. And, and there were a bunch of townships, like 16 or something, 15 or 16. Yeah. Hold on a second. So they, on an individual ballot they did that or just on the, the ballot setup? Because they had different uh, setups uh, that they uh, had. A, a, a ballot. It's called a ballot style. So no, the ballot yeah, styles, yeah. yeah. So it was by, um, if I remember correctly, it was by uh, township where they where they were shifting it. And here's another strange thing that no one knows about. I just, I'm not going to spend much time on this, but there's hundreds of things like this. I mean, there's just tons and tons of stuff. And this one is, there are four different ballot styles in each one of these little townships. And you say, okay, that's because there's a different water district, there's a different school board or whatever. But in some of them, there's like 20 registered voters. And three people voted. And you've got a, a red flags going off in my mind. Why in the world would you have these things when you could just call a meeting and vote on you know, that one little thing, like do you want the sewage pond updated or not? Um, instead of another entire ballot style for 20 people and three people showed up to vote. That doesn't look right to me. Now, the reason it's important when I put on my bad guy hat, okay, is that I would like this because it allows me, if I am messing with the machine election definition files, I can customize within a township how much I shift things. I don't mess with every ballot style. If I have four ballot styles I can play with, you know, I pick two of them or three of them or one of them, depending on how much I want to play with that particular township, how much I want to adjust it. If I only have one ballot style for that township, I can only do the shift one way for that township. If I have four, I can break it down now. I can make it much more subtle. So that's why I think as a bad guy, I'd love to have four ballot styles in there. Now, this got crazy. In Maricopa County, they have over 8,000 ballot styles in Maricopa County. Did you catch that? 8,000 I mean, I mean, ballot I did, styles. I did catch it. Jovan actually told me it's 10. It's over 8,000 ballot styles. I have the data, guys. I have the forensic images. Okay, it's over 8,000 ballot styles in Maricopa County. In Antrim, I think I had 43 or 46, somewhere right in that ballpark. Um, and in Maricopa, now one, one reason it ended up be that, being that many is they, they did a different ballot style for Spanish and English. 
So you can cut that in half because every English style, they had a Spanish one. Okay, but most other jurisdictions didn't do that. They just have a ballot that has Spanish and English on it. And why would you want two different ballot styles? Remember what I just told you. Here's why you'd want it. You can customize it. Oh, of course all those Spanish-speaking minority folks vote blue and vote Democratic or vote whatever way you want them to. They're broken out separately by ballot style, which means it's got a different definition file, which means you can adjust it separately. So in Maricopa, you have 8,000 dials you can turn. 8,000, because that's how many ballot styles there are. I love it as a bad guy. This is the kind of thing I would design in. This is, this is really cool. Um, it's horrible vulnerability. The whole system is Swiss cheese like this, guys. The whole system is. And before we go on, we have a new sponsor of the show. That is American Hartford Gold. If you're like us here at Conservative Daily, you are growing more and more and you are concerned about the future. And how could you not be? Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing. Market experts like Jamie Dimon, CEO of JP Morgan, not only predict a recession, but are using terms like economic hurricane and unprecedented. If you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. They can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call, and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. And they make it easy. They are the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the BBB and thousands of satisfied clients. If you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call them now. Call 855-965-5545. That's 855-965-5545 or text the word FREEDOM to 998899. Again, that's 855-965-5545, or text FREEDOM to 998899. Okay. I want to punch Uh, somebody in the face. That's why I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm being the the quiet one here, because I... I... Yeah. 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 What I was wondering if I could do is maybe shift gears here. Uh, We've emphasized Michigan. We've emphasized... I'm going to say one more time for the townships. Please, please, use small townships. I know you run a clean election. Election supervisors, your people, get with the election supervisors. Before you destroy those ballots, please, for all of our sake, go count the Supreme Court race and see if it's what was reported for your township. And in particular, it looks to me like Mary Kelly's votes, a significant number, have been shifted potentially to a Republican candidate and a Democratic candidate, to uh, I think it's Brock Schwartzy and to Elizabeth Welch, those two. See if that occurred or not. I would be very happy to hear that a bunch of you did it and it's all correct. On the other hand, if level three shifting is going on, you will find it if you do that. And that would be a great service to the American people if someone would go do that, uh, if a bunch of you would go do that. Because if one does it, they'll get some bad guy somewhere to go do it and say, yeah, it all adds up. Right. But if a bunch of you do it, it's going to be hard for them to uh, to argue with that if a bunch of you go count it. So please count that one race. I'm not asking you to count the whole ballot uh, one race and and see how it came out and individual townships. You know, it doesn't need to be the whole state. We just need a few townships is level three manipulation going on in Michigan in the 2020 election. Please do that. 
What's now, the best way for gonna... them to go about? What's what's the best way to go for them for for the people to go about that since they're not? I mean, we saw how how hard Deperno fought to get the ballots and. Okay, okay, I am I am not a lawyer, so I'll give <laughs> you a caveat that caveat here. What I can say is that where we went in places in New Mexico, hey, the ballots are public. Okay, if you're a township, my understanding in Michigan is the townships keep their own tabulators and they keep their own ballots. They have them in ballot boxes locked in their township. Those ballots are paper ballots. They belong to the people of that township. In my opinion, there's not a court, there's not a secretary of state, there's not a governor, there's no one that Don't should be able to, to keep them from opening that ballot box and counting their own ballots. They are the lesser magistrates. They have authority over those ballots. No one should be able to tell them they can't look at their own ballots. We're talking about looking at paper. We're not talking about touching the machines. We're talking about opening a ballot box and counting your own ballots, which is exactly why everybody argued, every Democrat, every Republican argued we need to have paper ballots. It's for this very reason. So that if there's a question, we go look at the paper. That's all we're asking. Go look at the paper. Why would we have laws and judges and secretary of states keeping people from looking at the paper? That's why we have it, right? Go check the paper. You have the authority to do it, in my opinion. I'm not a lawyer, so I'm, I'm giving that caveat, but it seems to me you have the authority, go count your own paper ballots. If they're on the way to the shredder, count them as you're shredding them, each one. Look at that race, count <laughs> no, it, don't then do shred that. it. Then you, then you destroy yeah, the evidence. I, no, videotape it. Videotape it that sounds doing. like Georgia. Okay. That sounds like Georgia, doesn't it? Yeah. And, 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 and have multiple parties there. Do it publicly. I'm not saying do this in a corner. I'm saying transparency. We all want to know what you find. So I actually videotape had, Bill, it. Bill, Bill Bailey just texted me, and he must be listening. He said, uh, in Michigan, you FOIA request images of the ballots, and they charge per image. It can be expensive. So uh, I hey, think... For, what, for, I, I would pay for it. I mean, so, say it's a dollar a ballot, and you've got uh, a township that's got a thousand ballots. Okay, guys, raise the thousand dollars. Go count those ballots. Okay, even I'll a pay dollar a ballot would be ridiculous. But the, okay, but the images can be altered. I need to do a quick read for one of our sponsors. Um, this podcast brought to you by IP Vanish. If you're tired of feeling like somebody's always watching on the internet, maybe advertisers know a little too much about you. We've talked a lot about IP Vanish. They've been a, a partner of the show for quite some time now. But IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties, such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. You can use IPVanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you stream media. Um, you can use IPVanish on a limited device at the same time without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablets, phones. Um, it's and, and for our listeners, they're, they're offering an incredible 70% off your yearly plan to our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. It's super easy to use. All you do is tap one button. You're instantly protected. I will tell you that there are some apps that you have to turn off if you're using like ring apps or things like that you have to turn it off in order to actually access it because it has to have a localized ip address but um that's just something you just learn when you get it but you, you get to keep them from getting access to most of your information uh, those apps just need it to make it necessary to validate who you are uh, so go to ipvanish.com daily use promo code daily you do have to use the slash daily so ipvanish.com daily use promo code daily and claim your 70 percent savings no, he's not talking uh, about the images. About the Jeff's talking ballots. about the paper we're itself. talking about the paper ballots. Oh, you can't get the paper ballots in Michigan. 
Bill Bailey's been trying, and he just texted me, however, you can't, you can never get the actual ballots. They've been trying for, for forever to get paper ballots. And that's, okay. and that's the thing, Jeff, and that's what kills me is that nobody yeah. will give us the paper ballots. You can't get them in Georgia. Garland Fabrito's been trying for two years. That's totally absurd because, you you know, in in the documentary, Joe, that you and I are both in, they have that video sequence of every Democrat saying, we got to have these paper ballots. we got to have these paper ballots. Why? So we can go count the actual paper ballots if there's ever a question. They all agreed to that. And right now, not a single one of them will allow us to count those paper ballots. That's a huge red flag. There's a problem here. We've got to be I able to count the paper ballots, period. So, and it's so Republicans I, in Georgia that are fighting back against this. And and uh, Joe, if you wanted to say something. No, I'm no, sorry. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm looking for something. So, you guys so keep I wanna, going. I, uh, Jeff, I want to jump over to, to Georgia just for a second and get your opinion. Speaking of paper ballots, you know, we saw I, I, I wrote an article a couple of weeks ago about Floyd County, Georgia. That's where they found twenty six hundred ballots on November 16th during the second recount. Um, and they found 2,600 ballots. Now, Gabriel Sterling was quick to come out and say it was a CF card, a memory card that wasn't uploaded properly. But, you know, we come to find out, and this is something I revisited a couple weeks ago, Heather Mullins was down at the election office talking to two members of the state election board or the county election board that were there at the building with a Dominion uh, technician present. And they and Heather Mullins asked them, so you can rule out that this was a memory card. And they said, yes, we can rule out that this was a memory card. The Dominion guy didn't chime in. They asked him and he said, I can't comment on this. Then they asked, uh, so what do you think it is? And the Dominion guy who said, I can't comment on this, all of a sudden chimes in it's human error. And, and the other guys start parroting human error. So we go on and we see this 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 memory card issue that they claim. We saw it in DeKalb County in 2021. We saw it again in DeKalb County in 2022. We saw it in Cobb County in 2022 and Fulton County in 2022. So is this something, is this, is this something that we need to be weary of or is there legitimately a way that the, the ballot, explain the way that a memory card is no. uploaded to the EMS and, and how this is impossible. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I'll have to frame it a slightly different, um, but first I'll tell you how it's uploaded. It's very simple. It's, it's like a lot of people are used to an SD card. They're not used to compact flash cards unless they got an old camera. Old expensive cameras use compact flash cards, but little SD cards, you can plug it into an SD reader. Many laptops have an SD reader built into them. You plug it in and you read the thing. There's software on the EMS, the election management system, that uh, you plug it in, it sees the card, you say upload it, it uploads the card, and it processes the CVR, the electronic results. It takes the images off, stores them, it takes the security logs off, stores them. It's supposed to do all that stuff. There are places, I've told you guys, where they turned it off, where, where there's no reason why you'd even have a switch to turn it off. But they have the switch to turn it off, and many people turned it off, where they don't get the images, they don't get the security logs, which is, which is nonsense. So it's very simple. It's, it's got the results in electronic format. They're encrypted. You plug it into the computer. It uploads it, uh, just like you take a file off of an SD card or a USB stick. Take it off of a USB stick. And some places actually use USB sticks as the transfer mechanism. Okay, so that's all it is. Now, here's, here's the problem I have. It's software 101, and Joe, you're, you're an engineer, tar- architect, software guy. But software 101, if you have two different pieces of software that to work together, 
must have the correct version of each. If you have version A over here and version C over here, that means they may not work together. Well, then the very first thing you do in your software is check. You put a version number in, and when you load that card, you check it on the EMS. The EMS knows what version it's looking for, and it says, is it the correct version? And if it's the wrong version, you say, time out, fatal error, stop, someone screwed up. We're not going to count this, okay? we got to fix this. That's software 101. This is computer science, freshman class kind of stuff. Their software does not have that check. What it's doing, what you described, what it did in Antrim, that is, you would never hire that software company to do anything for you. Anything, any kind of software. Because they're not following software 101 type of, of, of uh, development. A version check must be in there, and the version is not there. All right, it's not there. It's not checking for it. And by the way, the later version of their, uh, uh, their machine in Maricopa in New Mexico does have a version check. But in the log files, the security logs, it says they mismatched. Oh, but so, we're going to proceed anyway. So I want to, I want to, I want everybody to understand. <laughs> I think this is important, Jeff. I, I want people to understand that what you're talking about, Brian, what you're talking about, Jeff, and Jeff, you're like, get access to the ballots, the paper ballots, get access yeah. to them. The paper ballots. Now, yeah. now here, here's why this is important. Okay. You have to you have to follow all the things they keep you away from, and I remember they keep you away from the paper ballots. You know they try to hide log files. If you if you put all of those things together, if if you're doing system vulnerability checks, if you're doing any penetration testing and things like that, you first look for things that they keep that 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 are in disparate environments, because those mm -hmm. things will typically tell a story. When you start erasing those things, it tells a bigger story. So back in December of 2020, or December of 2020, when I started digging into Dominion, now I got sued, right? Actually, that's not what happened. Eric Coomer came out and said that I didn't manufacture, all of these uh, social posts were fake. I didn't do anything. Joe's just looking for, and he wouldn't even use my name. Joe was just looking for uh, advertising clicks, right? And so that's how it started. So when I got sued, I was like, game freaking on. I'm going to dig into Dominion. So I read all RFPs, RFIs, you know, uh, you know uh, sunset contracts, uh, difference between ESNS and Smartmatic, lawsuits between ESNS and Dominion. And I mean, it was like, it was like fire, right? Now, here's the one thing I got from that whole thing. Mr. Producer, put this up if you would real quick. I built this model in December of 2020. Jeff, no one knew anything about Dominion when I wrote this. No one. Take it down for a minute. No, Jeff, no one knew about Dominion. The, ESO, mm -hmm. the, the ASOG report was just out. It did not talk about phantom ballots. It did not talk about, it was a, it was a hey, the, the system was designed to defraud the American voter. That's basically what it said. And then it walked through different things. So I built this based upon all the RFPs. Listen to, what's his name, Polis, get up there and say, oh, we're not connected to the internet, liar. So when I, yep. when I built this, I want to show it to you really quick, Jeff, because no one in the entire, in the universe, based on this information, get, I would have zero knowledge of the election systems. Z 
next to zero. Like we're just figuring out what Dominion is. Soros is on the same floor. Now, the reason why I'm emphasizing this is because look at this diagram. Mr. Producer, when did I build that? Uh, I believe this particular diagram was finalized the last week of December or like yep. first week of January. So I was so, next to you. So, so this right here, the reason why it's important is because I could not validate that China could come down and because you didn't need to. Right. But if you go to this model, you didn't, anybody that knows anything about system architecture or software knows that all you have to do is have something that executes something else. And I talk about what they keep you away from. They keep you away from paper. They keep you away from the log files. They keep you away from what else? Router information like they did. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so they, they keep you away from everything, right? They lie to you, tell you there's no internet connection, so you stop chasing that, and we find out it really is internet connection. So you have these mail-in ballots. Mail-in ballots, by the way, are the source of most of the fraud because I don't even need a mail. I don't need to fold it up. I can just say it's a mail-in ballot. But as it goes right. through the verification process and you separate the envelopes from the ballot, if you go down where it says three and two, and it's verified after it goes through the, what I call the first adjudication, which is just the signature ver verification, right? It goes through a vote. And that could be compared to, to your driver's license uh, data, all sorts of things. And that could be on-site or could be off-site. But after that's done, and it goes over to where you see the part where it says two, you can have fake ballots, which would be paper. If the, paper, the ballots are fake, you would know because the paper would be different. That's one of Jovan's things that Jovan's been working on. Then you have the actual ballots, but then you have phantom ballots, and you can actually create ballots out of thin air, like, and a ballot just appears inside the tabulation system. You can create a ballot in the system. Now, when you go through the adjudication process, when intent is determined, I can figure out somewhere between tabulation, the adjudication of, of those, those ballots down to the tabulation output, whether it be USB drive, that somewhere along the line, this is why having a SQL database, which you don't need a yeah. SQL database to run the system, it's not a part of it. No, no. Now, let's, since you're talking about uh, phantom votes here and, and, and messing with stuff like that, let me tell you about something I haven't heard anybody talk about on air, and that is in EMS, you can, there's a feature in the RTR to export to a spreadsheet the votes. Why? Because you may have an adjudication board that's going to manually look at these things, decide the answer. They update the spreadsheet. Then you import it back into the system, and you just change the votes by exporting them and importing them. That's a hole big enough to drive a truck through, a semi through, actually a whole bunch of semis through. That's in the system. You can export the votes. You can, I could run a little script that goes off and changes them any which way I want, add to them, subtract to them, you know, swap them, anything I want, load them back in, and the system thinks those were the original votes. And then you report them on out. The system reports them on out. That is a huge vulnerability. You can drive a truck through that hole. Okay. So, yes, you can, you can, uh, you can make up ballots that way you can throw in and and you know one of the things i had already talked about was how they could go back and print tapes and actually change the number of votes so on election night why not we're behind by two thousand here three thousand there we need to add a few in okay 
you know, we get our rep there to put a stick in and, and the rep doesn't even know they're sent something over their smartphone or, you know, over their computer and, and, and they go over there and they stick us. Oh yeah, we got to do this quick update on the system. Something's not right. And they can do run the thing that changes the votes. Right. And, and they may have just added 2000, 3000 phantom votes. And then if need be, they can go back later and print, redo the tapes to match whatever they did on election night. And then when the canvas is actually done a week or two later, the tapes will match because you can create a tape long after the election that looks like it's election night. Um, I don't know if you have that slide handy, Apollo, to, to pop up, but the one that actually has the picture of the four tapes on it from the expert report in Antrim that shows four different results, the exact, the exact same tabulator. They all have the same open time, close time, and so on, okay, within seconds. And there's four different answers from the same machine, same election, all saying they were they were the election, and they're not. There's four and, different results there. And for those of you who are watching this on the audio version, the first one shows um, the the same date in I think seven ballots. Next one says ballot scanned fourteen. Next one shows twenty one. Next one shows twenty eight. And if you look at the times, if you look at the counters, they can all they they basically all line up because you can change them, and you can change the time literally to be within a couple of seconds of each other and when the ballot exactly. was printed. Exactly, and, and this can be done a day, a week, two weeks, whenever you want to after the election. So you can throw in votes and everybody does their canvas off the tapes, not off the ballots. So they take the tapes and they, you know, go put them in a spreadsheet and see if they add up to what was reported on election night. And if they don't add up, or excuse me, if they don't add up, then they know they have a problem. But if they add up, they go, good, we, we certify this, man. The, the tapes match what came through, we're good. And it's, it's a huge hole. That feature should not be in the tabulator, but it's there. The ability to do that should not be there, but it is there. Mr. Lindbergh, you were speaking uh, a, a moment ago about configuration files and them not checking with each other, and that sparked, you know, something a memory. And uh, and then you went on to say about adding ballots, these phantom ballots. But when you look at what happened in Williamson County, Tennessee, with the EAC report there, the erroneous code, um, and essentially they chalked it up to exactly what you just said—a configuration file that didn't match. Um, the, 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 the slog that you guys looked at in Chavez County, I actually had given that to, to all y'all because I found that mismatch and I sent it off to, you know, the people out there in New Mexico because I knew this is what they were doing. And so I, I saw this mismatch. But in Williamson, the same thing happened and nobody would have caught that if it wasn't for a poll worker that kept a manual count on a, on a post-it note to see what the, the ballots going through there were. And what ended up happening is all these ballots going in a provisional folder. How do we know that at the end of the night, if they need to make up 100 ballots, boom, you go into this into this cache of ballots that are anonymously hid on the memory card that they never would have known about if it wasn't for this, you know, uh, poll worker keeping tabs on a post-it note. And and you have you have an unlimited cache of ballots to to add and manipulate and adjudicate however you want them to be. So it, it's not even the, the fan of voters is not even a necessary thing. This is a hugely flawed system. That right there should have been the end of Dominion. Yeah. Look, there's 50 things like that, 
That's the problem. This I call it Swiss cheese. We have an election system that's Swiss cheese. You know, if I can take us out of the weeds for a minute, guys, I'd like to shift us up. Uh, if you guys can put up that uh, timeline uh, that has the years, I, I'd like to take us up to very high level and, and paint a big picture for people of what's been done to us. Okay. There's uh, several things that you have to do if you or areas of vulnerability that you want to tackle if you're a bad guy who's going to take over the election system. And the first thing is, is registration. Uh, you really want to get control over registration so you can bulk up the registration rolls, okay? And you saw that done in, in 1993 with the Motor Voter Law, uh, where they basically took over the registration system. And uh, more and more has happened. We'll say a little bit more about that in, in a minute. So the registration system is one thing. Another thing that you want to do is control the creation of ballots. And they do this like crazy now. There's no chain of custody on ballot images. The PDFs, you may not know this, but the PDFs actually sit on the EMSs unencrypted. So anybody that has access to an EMS has all of the pristine ballot images. You can take those yourself to a printer. Um, you can have a printer at home. Uh, one of my reports talks about making your own ballots. We made our own ballots in Antrim to test that out. You can make at home easily for a few hundred bucks, you can make hundreds of ballots to win a local race. For a few thousand bucks at home, you could uh, make thousands of ballots. And if you go to a high-speed print shop, if you have access to one of those things, then you can make tens of thousands and even hundreds of thousands of ballots in no time flat with the high-speed printers where you've pre-voted these ballots. And then you just have to stuff them into the system uh, some way, okay? You get them into the warehouse where they're doing the high-speed uh, uh, tabulation, Somehow you get them into the system. 2,000 mules, whatever you need to do, you get them into the system. But going back, so you got to take over registration. you got to take over the creation of the ballots with no chain of custody, which is what we have now. Then in 2010, a little-known fact, they created this election verification network to, to ha handle election integrity. Well, guess what? It's a facade. In my opinion, the whole election integrity thing that the government does is a facade. When we look at the things we're talking about today, you can tell either they don't have experts looking at it or they have experts that are purposely looking the other way. Because no expert is going to say, of course you can have a modem in there and connect everything uh, electronically and remotely and uh, you know, through an APN. And the ex experts aren't going to say that. They're not going to allow that. And yet it's there. And the certification authorities apparently have allowed it, even though I can't find it in the certification. So the, then the question is, why did they get certified? So the whole election integrity government EAC thing, I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm just saying they don't know what, either they don't know what they're doing or they've got people in there that should know what they're doing and they're looking the other way. Okay, I don't know which it is, but it's a mess. So they took that over in 2010. And then if you go back to the slide there, uh, in uh, 2018, Excuse me, I, I skipped it. In 2000, I skipped over 2000, the HAVA Act. HAVA is where they took over the tabulators, okay? So Help America Vote Act, billions of dollars to all the states to convert to electronic tabulators. And that's when they began taking over the mechanical voting part mm. of the system. So that was 2002. Then 2010, they took over election integrity. And then in 2018, there was actually another wave of HAVA funds to get all of the additional people like 
Georgia was a last minute switch to Dominion machines and uh, Michigan only had them for a couple years. So there was a bunch of funds that came in to get uh, a bunch of them up to date with the latest uh, paper optical uh, tabulators. And then in 2020, uh, 2019, 2020, you'd see them bringing in risk limiting audits and voting works. So here they're taking over the audits with computers and telling you, oh yeah, we've got this perfect way to do auditing. It's great. Let us do your audits for you. We're going to have the computers do it. Uh, you don't really have to do it yourself anymore. So basically you've computerized everything. Let the computers do everything completely. The voter registration, the tabulation, the auditing, the, the creation of the ballots. And there's really no one in charge. There's no one that really knows under the hood what's going on. And I can tell you as a, a vulnerability guy, every one of those things is highly exploitable. And this system is set up, it, it, it's got holes everywhere. It's Swiss cheese. So that's the context of what's happened and they've done it over decades. You're missing one very, very important step on that slide, Jeff. Uh, Which you're one? missing Go ahead. The, you're missing the Election Infrastructure Information Sharing and Analysis Center and the Department of Homeland Security yeah. teaming up for cybersecurity infrastructure, which includes now disinformation, so that anybody that talked about anything that you just said right there was gone. Yeah. You control yeah. the media, yeah. you control the narrative, yeah. you control the populace, and you can pull off that whole big steal that yeah. you just put right there. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com, on Rumble, on Frank Speech, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the Daily Facts Blast, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.